Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. Our vision is to extend and establish the influence of the kingdom of God by equipping the saints for the work of ministry. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Hallelujah. Are you happy this morning? Yes. You don't look happy. <laughs> oh, now I see that you are happy. Amen. It is a great joy for me to come once again and share the word of God with you. Every time I come here, I know I'm not just like a guest, but it's my family. This is my house, so I'm not a guest here. I know everybody here, and I'm so happy every time I come to minister here. And I believe that every time God gives us the opportunity to come, and share his word here, there is a prophetic word. There is something that God has in his mind for you and for me as part of this family. That's why every time before I start preaching here, I make always a bold declaration. Tell your neighbor, the Holy Spirit is going to touch you today. <laughs> Amen. I believe that the Holy Spirit is in the house and is going to bless us. His glory will come in this place. Amen. Amen. Even though it's cold outside, but the atmosphere will change here in a few minutes. And God is going to bless you. Amen. Amen. Uh, two weeks ago, we, we were praying together with Pastor Michael and Shevan. Uh, we, we do the prayer every Tuesday. We come together, we pray, and we spend our time together. In that time, God laid something in my heart. It was about divine visitation. And the same day, Pastor Michael also told me, I would like you to come and preach at Alpha Omega. I was thinking, what am I going to share with you? But all this day, God was keep repeating that in my heart, that we are in the season of divine visitation. Amen. This is the good news. You don't say amen like you are happy. Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. I just came to announce you to tell you the good news that from now until the end of this year, we are moving in the season of divine visitation. God is going to visit us. God is going to visit this family. And God is going to visit you as an individual. Amen? Hallelujah. So my topic this morning is being positioned for divine visitation. Being positioned for divine Visitation. Divine visitation is when God decides to show up in a particular way in the lives of his people. He decides just to show up in a very specific way. It's a time that God decides to open heaven and pour out his spirit without measure. Hallelujah. It's when God decides to, to get involved in the affairs of men here on the earth. We call it divine visitation. God decides to get involved in the things happening in your life, in the things happening in your family, things that you were not able to resolve yourself. Suddenly, God jumped in. Hallelujah. And we call it divine visitation. Amen. When the impossible becomes possible. Divine visitation. Amen. And the truth is divine visitation 
naturally happens by God's sovereignty. It is God's will, his own time. He decides, this is my time, this is my appointed time to come and visit my family, visit my people. Normally, it's, it's by God's sovereignty. But I will show you another dimension. That's why I said being positioned for divine visitation. Let's read the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. The day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Amen? The Bible says when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Not when the day of Pentecost had come, but when the day of Pentecost had fully come. It's a difference. You see the difference? It looks like the, 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 the day, that day, was already set in motion before the D-Day arrived. Was fully. Amen. So that day was already set in motion. Before the D-Day, the atmosphere was already changed. The Holy Spirit was already working in the unseen way. There was an attraction in Jerusalem. There were things coming on place that people were not able to understand what was happening. The change of atmosphere was already there. But there was a D-Day that God is going to show up in a manifest way. Amen. But it started before people knowing that. That's why the Bible said that when the day had fully come, there was an appointed time by God that this day, I will release my spirit upon my people. But before the day, there was a change of atmosphere. Amen. And Jesus, before he left, he told his disciples, don't leave Jerusalem. Don't leave. You get to stay in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You will receive power. And then you will go out. You start witnessing me. Amen. There was an instruction. And the day of Pentecost, they were all together by the instruction. They did not leave. Amen. Without knowing the day, without knowing the time, without knowing how it's going to happen. But by the instruction, they stayed in Jerusalem. They were positioned for divine visitation. Amen. Because you get to be at the right place, at the right time, with the right people. Otherwise, you can miss what God is bringing in your life. So these people were positioned for divine visitation and they did not miss it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They did not miss it because it's possible also, even though divine visitation comes by God's sovereignty, but we can also miss it. That's why we need to be positioned. When Jesus came, the day he entered in Jerusalem, he looked at the city from far, and he wept. He cried over Jerusalem. He said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, if you knew the things that pertain to your good, if you knew the time, in French, is if you knew the time God had visited you, your state could not be like you are today. 
But because you did not understand the time of visitation, that's why you are where you are today and are you are today. Amen. You can miss the time of visitation. You get to have discernment of time and being rightly positioned because God is on the way. And there is something powerful that's going to happen. Amen. So I just came prophetically to prepare you. That be positioned for divine visitation. Amen. There will be instruction that will be given to you from the leadership of the church, from the preaching coming on the pulpit. Just be sensitive and connect to the instruction. Apply, obey that. It will help you to be positioned for divine visitation. Amen. Hallelujah. So now let me give you some points. What are the results of divine visitation? There are many things that can happen when God visits his people. So I can't tell you all this stuff because of time, but I will give you quickly some points, maybe five or six to help you to ignite your faith so that you will be expectant of what God can do in your life. Number one, the result of divine visitation. Number one, when divine visitation comes, there will be fulfillment of past promises and prophecies. Number one, fulfillment of past promises and prophecies. The time of divine visitation is the time that we experience the fulfillment of the promises. We experience the fulfillment of the prophecies that we had in the past. But when God visits us, he brings the promises into manifestation. And we call it the moment of divine visitation. Amen. Let's go in the book of Genesis, chapter 18, verse 13 and verse 14. The Bible says, And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah love? saying, shall I surely bear a child since I am old? And verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. That was the first time that God came to visit Abraham. He told him that your wife will give you a son. And because Sarah was old, she loved. She did not believe that. And God said to Abraham, why Sarah love? Is there anything too hard for me? Nothing is impossible to me. Even though she's old, I can still make her conceive. But listen, at the appointed time, I will come back to you. Amen. Because what I am telling you now cannot happen unless I visit you. Amen. Everything God tells you will not come to pass unless God comes back. Yeah. He tells you now, it looks like he disappeared. He must come back for his word to be manifest. Amen. Say, I will come back to you at the appointed time, and Sarah for sure will have a son. Amen. Let's read the same book of Genesis 21, verse 1 and verse 2. Genesis chapter 21, verse 1 and verse 2. And the Lord visited Sarah. Can you see that? Yes. Amen. 
And the Lord visited Sarah. Can we all say that? One, two, three. Say it loudly. Say, and the Lord will visit me. Hallelujah. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. Amen. And verse 2. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age. And the set time, at the set time of which God has spoken to him. Amen. You understand that? When God visits you, the prophecy will come to pass. There are many people here, you, you have many things that you maybe have written somewhere, the dreams that God has given to you, the prophetic word upon your life, the promises that you know, the things that you have in your heart, that God spoke to me, this is going to happen, I don't see anything happening, I'm still waiting, but the time of divine visitation is the time that those promises will start to manifest in your life. And the visitation is coming. Amen. Hallelujah. God is going to visit you. And what he said to you will come to pass. Not by your power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Because there is nothing too hard for the Lord. Amen. Number two. The result of divine visitation. So you got number one already. Do you believe that the promises will come to pass? Your amen is not convincing me. Amen. If you really believe, even your amen, we should know I believe. Amen. But you are saying amen for the sake of saying amen. Hallelujah. You get to receive it by faith. Because I'm speaking to you prophetically. Understand that? You get to receive it. You know the blessing. The blessing is released only by word, with word. And the curse also is released by word. There's no other way. If God wants to bless you, he must speak. You cannot bless your children in your heart. The blessing is released by word. God created men and women, and God blessed them. And God said, be fruitful, multiply, and subdue the earth. This is the blessing. He blessed them by confessing the blessing. You understand that? And when the curse is released, it's by confessing the curse. And when you receive the blessing, it's not by saying, mm -hmm. it's by opening, you must receive it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Understand that? You say, Amen, I receive it. Amen. You understand? It is prophetic action. You don't say in your heart, mm -hmm. no. Say, Amen. <laughs> you don't refuse in your heart. You say, I bind it in the name of Jesus. I don't, ref I don't accept it. Don't say, if you don't like it, say, I don't like it. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Number two, freedom is given to his people. The second result of divine visitation, freedom is given. Deliverance is given to his people. Book of Exodus, chapter 3, verse 16. Exodus, chapter 3. God speaking to Moses. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared to me saying, I have surely visited you and seen what is done to you in Egypt. Amen. 
That was the time, the season for the deliverance, for them to come out. The D-Day was not yet arrived. But already in the spiritual, there was a change. And God said to Moses, tell my people, I have surely visited you. They were still in slavery. But I said, I have surely visited you. It's like you are sitting there. Maybe you don't see anything happening now. You don't see, you think that, oh, okay, I'm still waiting. But God is telling me to tell you, he has surely visited you now. Amen. Tell my people, I have visited them because I have seen all the bad things that Egypt is doing to them. I have visited them to do what? To take them out of slavery. You cannot come out of slavery unless God visits you. Amen. Your child who's doing nonsense will not come out of that addiction unless God visited. There must be a visitation. Hallelujah. There must be a visitation. Acts chapter 12, verse 11. Acts 12, 11. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord sent, has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hands of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. Amen. When Peter was in the prison, the church was praying, praying, interceding for him. And suddenly God sent his angel in the prison. Peter was sleeping so deeply. The angel appeared in the prison. This is a divine visitation to take him out of the prison. He thought he was dreaming. It was already planned that the next day they will kill him. But God saved him out of all expectation. Amen. Out of all expectation, he was taken out of the prison. It takes divine visitation for you to be free, to come out of bondage, to come out of the prison. Divine visitation. There are certain conditions that you find yourself, no matter the counseling, no matter your efforts, you will not come out unless God moves in a particular way. Then you are out. Hallelujah. Am I speaking to someone here? Say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So it was by divine visitation that Israel came out of Egypt. It was by divine visitation that Peter came out of the prison. Divine visitation. Certain yoke cannot be broken unless God moves in a particular way. Amen. Certain addiction cannot be broken unless God comes in a particular way. Number three, divine visitation brings great miracles. Great miracles happen and the lives are transformed. In the time of divine visitation, great miracles happen and lives are transformed. You see life transformation. You see that God is visiting his people here. See, great miracle happening. And you see, God is moving here. It's not the hand of man, it's the hand of God. His glory is in our midst. We see the impossible coming, becoming possible. Great miracles happen. Amen. Amen. Book of Luke, chapter 7. We take from verse 12 to verse 16. Luke 
Luke chapter 7, verse 12 to verse 16. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. Verse 18. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. 14. Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, young men, I say to you, arise. Hallelujah. And verse 15. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he presented him to his mother. Let all of us now look verse 16. Verse 16. Can we read verse 16 all together? One, two, three. Amen. After this miracle, you know, someone was dead. They were going to bury the person. And Jesus appeared. He said, stop. Amen. That one was the only son of a widow. And the other one was the only son of a living father. Amen. So it was like the meeting of two only sons. And he said, you stop. Amen. He spoke to that young man. Arise. And the man came out of the coffin. People saw that this is incredible. We never seen something like this. Because of that miracle, great fear. Fear came upon them, this life transformation. Amen. They saw something in a very tangible way. The fear of God was ministered to them. In their hearts, they received the fear for God. And then secondly, they said, no, 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 no. God has visited his people. Because such things cannot happen without divine visitation. Amen. This man was already dead. He was sick, we don't know for how many days. It was already over. They were going already to bury the person. But Jesus restored the person back to life. This is a divine visitation. There may be something in your life that is already dead completely. That you, you look at yourself, no, there, is no, there is no way back. There is no, no way to be restored here. This marriage is over. This business is over. This ministry is over. I can't go back. I don't believe this thing will rise up again. But when God visits you, what was dead will come back to life. Amen. What was completely destroyed will be restored. Hallelujah. The impossible will become possible. That's why I'm telling you divine visitation is coming. Hallelujah. There will be resurrection of things in our lives. Resurrection, even gifts. Certain people have lost their gift. The gifts are not working anymore. But God is telling me to tell you there will be resurrection of that gift. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There will be resurrection of relationship. Resurrection even of your health. Certain parts of your body are not working well. But God is going to restore them. And that will happen today before I leave here. Amen. Amen. Mm. 
You don't say amen to that. Before I leave here today, as one of my mission, resurrection of the parts of your body. You got sickness, something wrong in you. God is going to bring it in order. In the name of Jesus. You just have faith and believe. Your miracle is today. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Your blood pressure will be restored. The sugar level restored. Cancer will leave your body. Amen. Problem with your veins and other stuff will be restored. Your back will come like a young man. Normal. Hallelujah. Amen. Number four. Divine visitation. At the time of divine visitation, there is a release of supernatural provision. Release of supernatural provision. When God visits his people, heaven is open. Divine supply is coming. God is going to provide in a supernatural way. Is there anyone here in need of provision? God is going to provide in the name of Jesus. Say, I receive it in the name of Jesus. Ruth chapter 1, verse 6. Ruth 1, 6. Then she arose with a daughter-in-law that she may return from the country of Moab. For she heard in the country of Moab that the Lord has visited his people by giving them bread. You see that visitation? There was a man in the Bible, his name was Elimelech. The husband of Naomi, because of the famine in Judea, in Bethlehem. Bethlehem means the house of bread. This is the meaning of Bethlehem. He was in the house of bread, but lacking bread. It may happen that you are living the contradiction of the prophetic word. But don't run away. Don't give up. They were in Bethlehem, the house of bread, but there was no bread in Bethlehem. Because of famine, they decided to leave. Let's go to Moab. We had there the bread. It's 50 cents. People are eating one person 50 bread per day. Let's go there. And Moab thinks are so good. Let's leave this country. And they went there. Not according to the will of God. Every time you, you go out of the will of God, you are wrongly positioned, death will follow you. If it's not a physical death, something will die in your life because of wrong alignments. Amen. So they went at the wrong place. As a result, the husband died and the two sons died. They got married with Moabite women and Ruth decided to go, Naomi, said to go back Bethlehem. Why? Because she heard from far that God has visited his people. But how? He visited them by giving them bread. This supernatural provision. Divine supply. Amen. When God visits you, the thing that you are lacking the most will jump in your hand in a very easy way. God can open doors for your business, for your ministry, for your family. He can do things that you, can, you don't even understand. 
but you just believe that when God comes to visit you, divine provision will come. Amen? And God is going to provide for us. Is it a good news? But you don't say amen to that. God is going to provide for us. Amen? In a supernatural way, you may buy your house. Hallelujah. In a supernatural way, something is going to happen. God will just touch your vision and give you the provision miraculously. Because he's a great God. So this is what I'm sensing in my heart. Even this house will receive tremendous provision from heaven. God is going to move here. Amen. He's going to move in your life, in my life also. Because he told us, this is the time of divine visitation. Amen. Divine visitation. When God visits you, provision comes in a supernatural way. Amen. You, you, you are from South Africa. It's your country. You were born here. You, you grew up here. Maybe you got aunties, fathers, mothers. But a man like me, I understand what they call divine provision. Amen. If they shift, they put you in my position, then you will learn divine provision. And I'm telling you, it's true. God provides. Out of the blue, God can do great things in your life. Amen. Amen. And I'm a living testimony. It's going to happen to you. Amen. It's going to happen to you. Because God is sitting on the throne to do great things in our lives. Amen. When he sent me in this country, I did not know people in this country. When he told me to start the ministry in this country, I did not have any supply, nobody to support, nothing. The only thing I had was my Bible and my faith. Amen. A certain people told me, in three months, you'll be in trouble. And they waited the three months passed. In one year, you'll be in trouble. They waited. In two years, you'll change your mind. They waited. Three years. It's not, it's 12 years. Amen. He just told me, stop working. Stop what you are doing. I am called to you to preach the gospel. Start at your sitting room. In my bank account, zero rent. No one to pay. I didn't know how I will pay the rent next month. But I just believed. And we said the prayer. Me, my wife, and my cousin, and one lady. Four people. The church started. The next Sunday, someone came. It was my friend from France. He told me, God told me to pay you the rent for six months. I said, oh. I did not talk with him. He was in France, just he came to tell me that. And he paid. After his month, he told me again to pay six other months. I said, carry on. <laughs> and he paid again. When he finished, he brought me a friend. His friend said, you know, uh, God said, spoke to her also to support you. And that one took over two years and a half. I was still carrying with the ministry, doing things. And people could see you. How this man, how are you living in South Africa? I think so. It may be tough, it may be difficult, but I trust God that when I am rightly positioned, divine provision will come. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And he does it. 
Hallelujah. He does it. I did not come with clothes, not with a car, not with chairs, not, not with nothing. But God is dressing me. He's feeding me. And I'm living. And I'm looking good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Say divine provision. I receive it by faith. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Number five. Divine visitation releases fruitfulness. Hallelujah. It releases fruitfulness. When God visits you, the season of dryness is broken. The visitation of God breaks the season of dryness. Releases productivity, growth, multiplication. Sometimes we face dryness. Things are not growing. Things are not moving. It takes divine visitation for us to see the change. Divine visitation provokes growth in what you are doing. It breaks the power of dryness in our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. There are different kinds of wombs. You've got your natural womb, but there are also spiritual womb. There is a financial womb. There are different kinds of womb. Wherever there is sterility, divine visitation releases fruitfulness. Amen. First Samuel, chapter 2, verse 21. And the Lord visited Anna so that she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Amen. The Lord visited. After even giving Anna Samuel, the Lord visited her. Because of the sacrifice, the offering, he visited her, made her able to conceive again three children. Amen. Divine visitation releases fruitfulness. In everything you do, you need to pray, Father, release. I want you to visit us. We pray for your visitation. We pray for your move of the Spirit. We pray so that you open heaven and release your glory in a mighty way. So that there will be fruitfulness, breaking of dryness. Open our womb in the name of Jesus. God is going to do that. Amen. And from this time of June until December, there will be many wombs that will be open in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the last point. Divine visitation brings supernatural manifestation. Supernatural manifestation. When God visits, it cannot be quiet. There must be visible things. Supernatural things will happen. And then you notice this is a divine visitation. Acts chapter 16, we are reading from verse 25 to verse 28. Verse 25 says, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymn to God, and the prisoners 
were listening to them. Amen? In midnight, they were in the prison because of the kingdom, not because they stole something, not because they broke the law, because of the gospel. They were in the prison. They put them in chains. But midnight, they woke up. They began to sing for God and pray. And the, the, what I like, they were praying, they were singing with, with, with conviction. They were singing with energy, with joy. That's where all the prisoners were listening to them. Amen. They were not embarrassed. They said, no, I'm praying. They would say, Father, we thank you for your love. You are great God. May your name be glorified. We celebrate you, Jesus. And they were singing. For everybody to hear you, you must say, open your mouth. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Uh, they were singing like that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Midnight. Midnight is a very critical time. Very powerful moment. Sometimes you must exercise yourself to try it. Midnight prayer is so powerful. Open heaven. Breaking limitation. There are things that happen in midnight. Amen. It's a time of the spirit. Hallelujah. And verse 26. Suddenly, you see, it happened suddenly. There was a great earthquake. So that the foundation of the prison was shaken. And immediately, all the doors, not some doors, all the doors were opened. Amen. Divine visitation can open all the doors in your life. Hallelujah. We're open. Everyone's chains were loosed. You understand that? And the keeper, verse 27, and the keeper of the prison are waking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open. Supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Verse 28. But Paul called with a loud voice, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Amen. Don't kill yourself, we're still here. Hallelujah. Divine visitation provokes supernatural manifestation. These people provoke. You see, though the visitation is something that happened by God's will and God's sovereignty, but divine visitation can also be provoked. Amen? There are things that provoke the visitation. In this case, it was praise and worship and prayer. Amen? The worship team can bring God down here and things begin to manifest. Hallelujah. Your life of praise and prayer and worship can change the atmosphere in your house. Can bring, provoke divine visitation. So these people were in the prison. They were not wrong, but they entered there because of Jesus. If it was you and me, you could start to complain. I'm serving God. I don't understand what kind of God can just let me be arrested wrongly like this. I don't know why I'm a pastor. I don't know why I'm wasting my time to go and serve there in that church. I don't know why I'm a Christian. You could question God. Where are you, God? If you were around me, why this is happening to me? But Paul and Silas did not complain. 
under the chains. But midnight, said, this is our time of prayer. They begin to pray. Many times when we read this scripture, we think that they were praying for God to deliver them. We think that they were interceding, Father, come, move, take us out. But, but if you read it carefully, you will see it was not that it, the intention. They were not asking anything. They were not asking. They were just praising God. Amen. Not asking, praising God. With no intention to be released. Amen. For you to know that there was no intention to be released, look their reaction after the doors of the prison were open. If the intention was to be released, what were they supposed to do naturally? Run away. They did not run. They keep singing. Hallelujah. Singing. They were still there. Amen. And when the keeper of the prison woke up, he said, ah, these people are gone. I'm dead. Before the government kills me, let me help them to kill myself. And Paul said, no, don't kill yourself. We're still here. We'll not go out. We're still here. There is a mission in this prison. You must be saved. God is keeping us here for his glory. We'll not run away. We don't know what's happened. We're just singing and suddenly something surprised us. God moves without us calling him. Because your attitude to praise, your attitude to pray can provoke things in your life that you did not pray for. Amen. God can bless you with bonus. You don't ask that it's happening. Why? Because of the attitude of your heart. They were pray- it was their lifestyle. They did not pray for liberation. They were praying because it was their lifestyle. This is what is lacking in the church today. The lifestyle of prayer. We don't have it. We pray by convenience. The weather is 17 today, I can pray. The day is under 10, I'm under the blanket. The day Pastor Michael gives me a hug, I'll come back for the next meeting. The day he forgot, I'll be absent for three weeks. You do things by convenience. They appreciate what I'm doing, I keep doing well. They pretend they don't see, I pretend I don't hear them. And we carry on. No lifestyle of prayer. Amen. People pray once a week. Just a Monday to dedicate the week. They pray. From Tuesday to Saturday, they are living from the momentum of Monday. (laughs) They don't pray. Hallelujah. But these people, it was their lifestyle. Despite of the challenges. Whether I am sick or I am not sick, I pray. Whether I have money or I don't have money, I worship God. They love me, they don't love me, I still praise God. They put you in the fire, the Lord is still the Lord. Nothing is changing. Amen. They fire you from work, you're still praising God. Hallelujah. With house, no house, Jesus is still the Lord in my life. So these people... They were living like this. You see, when divine visitation comes, supernatural things happen. 
The foundation of the prison was shaken. God will do supernatural things. The person fighting you, God will make him blind. Amen. Someone resisting your lifting at your workplace. When God visits you, the person will not be conscious. God will make him like blind until they sign all the papers. Then he will open his eyes. He's already promoted. Amen. Can you imagine that the guy who was taking care of the prison, can you be in this building? You are here, standing there by the door, taking care of everybody here, and the foundation are shaking. Tick, tick, tick. The entire, you are still sleeping. What kind of sleep? That was supernatural sleep. The guy was sleeping. The foundation are shaking. The doors are breaking. The chains are breaking. The guy was sleeping so deeply. And he woke up when everything was already done. Oh. Someone will wake up after everything are already done in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. God can put your enemy, put them in silence in a supernatural way until his work is complete in your life. Hallelujah. So that guy was there, but he did not perceive anything. He opened his eyes after everything were done already. Because the hand of the Lord was upon him, sleep. You keep sleeping. Amen. And can you see that the decision of two people provokes the release of all the prisoners? Amen. Only two persons. When they were praising and singing, other people were listening to them, but they were not involved. When the power of God felt in the prison, the Bible said that the chains of all of them were loosed. Right. Even those who were not involved. Amen. You alone, you can bring the change in your family. Amen. You alone, you can bring a new atmosphere at your workplace. Amen. You alone, you can bring a change in your church. You don't need a team. You know, no, Pastor, we need to be four people for this to happen. We need to be five. No, you alone. There were only two people. They decided to pray. They didn't say, no, let all of us stand up and pray. They said, let them sleep. But they were praying. When the power of God came, it was for the benefit of everybody. This is what God is looking today. People who can provoke divine visitation. People are not complaining. Father's Day. Fathers must wake up. Amen. Amen. Yeah, they must wake up. Say, now in midnight, my wife is sleeping, my children are sleeping, you are standing up. Say, I'm a father in this house. Let me praise God. Let me walk in every bedroom, prophesy, speak the word of God here, because I believe me alone, I can bring the change of atmosphere here. That can set every captive free around me. Hallelujah. Me alone, even your friend coming close to you because of the atmosphere that you are carrying, chains in the life can be broken because of association with you. You are carrying something. Hallelujah. This is the way we, we, we bring the revival in the city. People who are looking for God, they are supercharged with his presence. Everywhere you step, the atmosphere changes because you are bringing something. But you cannot command God's presence if you don't stay long in his presence. Amen. It's the secret that my father told me when I was still 12 years old. Say, my son, you cannot command God's presence unless you stay longer in his presence. And I practice that in my life. I see it working. 
the more you stay longer in his presence, you stand in front of people, they feel that energy. You change the atmosphere of every place you enter. It's not like you stand there for 10, 10 minutes, 30 minutes. No, no, no. Spend hours. It's a lifestyle. Amen? Not a burden, not an obligation, but a joy. You see, these people were under the chains, but they were joyful. Praising God. If the chains, they were happy. This is what you need to ask God to give you today. Give me that joy that I can spend more time with you. No matter the circumstances, nothing can stop me. Let me be the agent of divine visitation. Make me a tool for your visitation. That through me, things can change. The atmosphere can change. And God is able to do that. And God sent me to encourage you and to pray for you to receive that impartation. Are you ready for that? Can you stand up where you are? Stand up where you are. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. I will do two prayers today. I will pray to impart you the power to stand in God's presence, to love that presence, and I will pray for the sick people. Amen? The Bible says that man can give only what he has. Amen? God, by his grace, by his mercy, has given me that grace to stay long in his presence. Amen? And when I stand with people, I look like a quiet person. I don't talk much. I'm just watching. I'm observing people. That's why many of my friends, my families, members, my cousin, when they hear that Frank is a pastor, they doubt. Ah, this guy preaching. <laughs> He's a very timid guy. <laughs> Why is he going to preach? Because when they see me, I'm still quiet. And I realize the more you talk with God, it's like when you're with men, your mouth is not talking too much. You begin to listen. If you talk less with God, you talk much with men. Amen. But if you spend five hours, six hours with God, when you see people, you just listen, okay. You see, his presence is making you quiet. And when you speak, you release wisdom. You change the atmosphere. Amen. Change something around you. And you have that joy. To stay there. Let me pray. Let me worship God. Let me sing all night. Let me read my Bible until morning. Let me communicate with God. Not because I want money. Not because I want something. Just because I love him. Just love him. I enjoy that. And you become the agent of divine visitation. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody want that impartation. Come in front. I will pray with you. I will pray with you. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.